Welcome to the Bible Studies for Life Adult Podcast. This is hosted each week by Chris Johnson and myself, Lynn Pryor. And we just want to talk to you about your priorities. I mean, we've all got priorities, you know, those things that take precedence over other things. But what happens when we encounter a roadblock and what we planned? What if that what if that gets sidelined? Well, that's our topic as we continue in our study from the book of James. Chris, glad you made it a priority to be a part of this podcast today. Well, Lynn, I had other plans, but uh, <laughs> I felt like this might be important for me to do. Well, I'm glad you're here. And joining uh, Chris and I is Dr. Dwayne McCrary. Dwayne, thanks for being a part of our podcast today. Well, I'm glad to be here. Thank you all for letting me be a part of this today. Uh, for those of you who have not met Dwayne before, Dwayne has served for many years as the team leader for our Explore the Bible curriculum. But just a few weeks ago, Dwayne has become the manager for all of ongoing curriculum. Uh, what does that mean? Well, for Chris and I, it means that Dwayne is our boss now. And we will be on our best behavior. <laughs> Dwayne, we really are glad uh, you're serving in this role. You've served Explore the Bible well for many years. And, of course, you will continue to, but you're going to serve uh, those of us who are part of the Bible Studies for Life family as well. So thank you. So that that was a change, Dwayne. When is, when, so our icebreaker question is, when has an unexpected change turned out better than the original plan? Well, you can think about that in multiple ways in your life, different things that have happened, an unexpected change, you know, uh, there are times when we, you know, we may have uh, encountered a something happened at our job and things changed and we thought it was not going to be a, a good thing for us. Then all of a sudden we found out that was a better place for us to be than it was prior. And so um, all kinds of things. Um, uh, I think about a change that went through I went through in my life uh, and ended up meeting this young lady named Lisa who became my wife. Yeah. So uh, there you have it. You just just can't tell. You never know, do you? No, you don't. Well, that's our focus for our topic today is that no matter what lies ahead, talking about our plans and they get changed, no matter what, maintain your trust and your obedience on God. As I said, this is our last session for us to be in the book of James, and uh, we're going to uh, wrap up and uh, we're going to begin in uh, James chapter four. Uh, let me read verses 13 through 17 as we look at this idea to subject our plans to God's will. And then Dwayne and Chris, I want to uh, I want you all to run with this passage. Here's what James wrote. Come now, you who say today or tomorrow, we will travel to such and such a city and spend a year there and do business and make a profit. Yet. You do not know what tomorrow will bring, what your life will be. But for you are like a vapor that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you should say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. But as it is, you boast in your arrogance and all such boasting is evil. So it is with sin to know the good and yet not do it. I got to tell you, it just sounds to me like planning, is, it almost looks like planning is looked down on in what James is saying here. Don't, don't you find it interesting that the last part of this verse, the so it's sin to know to do uh, know the good and yet not do it. We we don't usually tie that with the rest of this passage. This is our last uh, study uh, in in the book of James, and uh, one of the themes that is repeated. Uh, that we've seen in, in several of the sessions is that uh, uh, James is opposed, speaks strongly against us being arrogant and boasting. 
in in this instance, he's talking about how we how we plan, how we think about the future, just kind of how we function. And most people, like you said, Lynn, will would will read this and go, "It sounds like he's against planning, like that's a bad thing." Uh, but the scriptures, there's a bunch, a lot of scriptures that Jim Wilson lists uh, that remind us that wise people plan and prepare. So what's the balance in all of this? That's a good question. Uh, there's a little tension in that. Uh, I think the key is uh, obviously following the Proverbs is we should plan. But I need to hold my plans lightly because of those interruptions that might come come up. Uh, and sometimes those are uh, interruptions from God that he's got something else in mind. Uh, we just I, I, we got a plan and we got a plan well, but we don't need to hold them tightly. I can give you an example. Uh, I remember early on in my uh, my years as leading leading a Bible study, and I would take our t- our leader guide material and I would follow it to the t. I would plan it. I had every moment of my Bible study worked out, and I got to tell you, it was a great Bible study. It was phenomenal. The world was going to get changed by the way I was going to lead this study. <laughs> But I get into the group and I, we start going down this road. I'm walking through things and someone would ask a question that would divert us off. Whoa, wait, wait, that's taking me away from where I was going to take or study. Or, you know, the question or the, the way the dialogue would go, all of a sudden it's, it's diverting from my, my plan. And that's where I, early on I'd get frustrated. And I realized, no, I, I do need to plan. Uh, but I need to be prepared. As Henry Blackaby says, and this is his instructions to those who are going to lead in experiencing God. He said, plan, but be prepared for the Holy Spirit to work. Uh, Robert Pasmino, in his book about how do you teach, brings up that same idea, uh, Lynn, where he, when he puts together a teaching plan, he has his plan he's going to hope to use, and then he has what he identifies as worthy and unworthy rabbits and how he will chase that rabbit if it comes up and how he will shoot the rabbit if it comes up. Cause he wants to know this is worth, this is okay. If we go down this path, this one's okay. And this is how we'll go down that path. And, and his whole idea is that you may not use any of those rabbits when you're teaching, but the one Sunday you need them, they're invaluable to you. But the great thing to me about that plan is you plan how you know where you're, where when you're leading a Bible study group, it's going to go a different direction is where you go a different direction when you're studying. And you think about that in our own lives. We have this direction that we think we're going to go, but there's these excursions along our path that we may not have planned, but they become adventures for us. And that's where the real nuggets are, is often those adventures sometimes. That's what we really learn is when we get off of that planned path that we had in front of us. Well, we have a, a, a concrete ex, uh, example of that in our own lives. One of the questions that we ask is how did the COVID season affect your planning for the future? And we didn't see this coming. Not at all. And of course, all of us who are Bible study leaders at that time, we, you know, essentially, uh, I'm going to use the term our, our churches, we, we felt like we shut down. It says, well, what are we going to do now? We've got these Bible studies. And well, yeah, our plans got changed. Look at how so many of us adapted to Zoom. Uh, Dwayne, even here, as as we uh, at Lifeway were dealing with how do we help churches in the midst of COVID, uh, you really kind of, I think, led the way on uh, providing some online plans to, for, for leading a Zoom class. Yeah, the uh, 
one of the things that, that dawned on me was that because I was teaching an online class as well for Midwestern Seminary. And while doing that, it, I, I discovered that you had to be a lot shorter in what you did. And so we had to find ways to shorten the, the time period because you just don't have the attention span when you're doing something that's on Zoom or something like that. And so we just had to come up with a little different way of doing it. It taught us a way to adapt, which is not a bad thing. We ought to be able to adapt our group plans anyway. And that was a great way for us to teach people, I think, how to do those adaptations. But, um, you know, not just that, not just the Zoom, but you had folks who had to revert to different things. I, I, I got an email from somebody. They were teaching their class one person at a time, calling them on a phone. And they were just talking to that, per talking to this person one-on-one -on -one, and they, they would talk, then they call the next person, then they call the next person, call the next person. Um, so it forced us to be creative, which is not a bad thing. I had started a, a transitional interim position at a church two weeks before this happened. And, and my first day on, 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 uh, we're working with the church staff says, you know, we really need to consider ways that we can be online with our worship services because people are a lot of people, uh, especially the younger they are, they're looking online for services if they're if they're looking for a church home. And so we began talking about that and how we can do that. And then COVID hit. And uh, thankfully, we had already thought that through and we were ready to go. But no one prior to 2020 or I should say very few churches were doing uh, video feeds, live streaming, yet how many of those churches jumped on it afterwards and are still doing it even though we're meeting in person again? It was a big interruption to our plans, yet God has done some great things through that, I think. So before we get off of this, um, James make a, makes a very good point that we need to probably talk about in our groups and think about in our own lives is – uh, we have this tendency to make plans and and know what we're going to do and why we're going to do it. And at the end, say, and oh, by the way, God, please bless what I'm getting ready to do. And James really challenges us. We need to ask on the front end, God, what what is your will? Not as an add on. Oh, and if it's the Lord's will, uh, we'll do it. We need to try to understand and discern God's will as a part of making plans for the future. Well said. So what we're looking here in these verses is this idea that we, we do plan, but we need to subject those plans to God's will. I want us to move to chapter five now of James, and let's, uh, I want to begin in verse seven, and where James is going to take this, as we subject our plans to the Lord's will, let's also focus on the return of Christ. This is what he says in verse seven. Therefore, brothers and sisters, be patient until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth and is patient with it until it receives the earth early in the late rains. But you also must be patient. Strengthen your hearts because the Lord's coming is near. Brothers and sisters, do not complain about one another so that you will not be judged. Because look, the judge stands at the door. I was doing sermon preparation a few weeks ago and I, I read a, about um, the, it was a sermon and the guy that was um, preaching said that um, he remembered as a child watching um, his grandparents during the dust bowl. Uh, so Dwayne, you're from Texas and, and you're old. You remember the dust bowl. <laughs> 
Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I appreciate that. <laughs> Uh, but um, he said uh, his his grandmother would fret and worry and talk and complain and wonder what's going to happen. And he said his dad just got up every day and did all of the things that he always did in preparation to to farm the land. He prepared the soil, he planted the seeds, and then waited on God to provide the rain. And he said, you know, it, it, for him, it was an opportunity to see how someone deals with life and, and just does the things they're supposed to do every day, every season, and then depend upon God and wait on him uh, to do what's next. Yeah. There is a big warning in this verse here. I think that we can get so focused on the next that we forget about today. You, you know, I, I did it when I, when I had children that were younger, I can hardly wait until they get out of diapers and then things will be different. Or I can hardly wait till, this, or I can hardly wait till that, and then it'll be different. And you wish away an opportunity when you do that. You're wishing away the opportunity to, to learn and grow in that situation and enjoy that. What's, what's funny now is there, I, I don't know if I would exactly say this, but there are days it would have been, I, I would have liked to see my kids being small again, you know, um, uh, you know, there's something still special about your child coming and running to you and you just hugging them for a minute. And, you know, there is a point where that quits. <laughs> and so you miss those opportunities and you, you wish they would be here, but you really, you're, you're missing the ride that you have that day. And that's really what that, that person was talking about with the dust. Well, get up, do your work, be faithful to the day and don't wish away that opportunity. Um, and, and pay attention to what that is. I, I feel that's an important part of what James 5 is saying in these verses here. It is, Dwayne. And we, we keep, I want to keep taking us back to the, the point of why we're even looking at these verses is because no matter what lies ahead, we got to maintain our trust and dependence on God. Now, we saw about I need to maintain my trust and dependence on God with the plans I make. Um, and we need to do it like the farmer does. Uh, the farmer, is, he, says, he gets up, he goes about his stuff, but there's still a sense of dependence on God because uh, James refers to the fact he's patient, waiting for those early rains and those late rains. Just like that, we've got to be patient. Just stick to what we know to do uh, no matter what. Just keep planning ahead. Well, the question for this session points to the idea of how do we align with God's will? Um, the, when I was preparing for our time to, today, it, it drove me to an old book. You know, you mentioned the Dust Bowl. So I'll just go ahead and admit this is an old book, but it was written in 1955, well before I was uh, born by T.B. Matson, And it looks at the issue of doing right and wrong. How, how do you know if something's aligned to God's will? And he gives these, he gives three questions, three tests and three lights in that book. So let me just give you what those are real quick. The three questions are, how does this affect me? Question two is, how will this affect others? And question three is, how will this affect the cause of Jesus? Then he gives three tests. There's the test of secrecy, which is, is there somebody who I don't want to know I'm doing this? What if my grandmother found out about this action? There's the test of universality, what if everyone in the world did this, whatever I'm about to do? And then there's the test of prayer. Can I ask God to help me do this? 
And then he has three lights. The three lights are the light within, which is really is a question is, can I sleep tonight knowing I did this? Number three is the light without. What are my friends and the folks I look up to telling me? And number three in the light is the light from above scripture. What does the Bible say about it? So those are the three questions, the three tests and the three lights. Even though that's an old, old book, Dr. Matson was professor of ethics at Southwestern Seminary. Uh, I find that to be a very helpful set of questions to think through when I'm asking, is this something that aligns with God's will or not? I think that's well said, uh, how, how he said that. Because what he's saying here in this passage is that, remember, we're talking about we need to focus on the Lord's return. We do our work and remember the Lord's return. But he says, strengthen your hearts because the Lord's coming is near. Um, when, I, when I think about those questions and how I plan, are my plans truly in line with what God wants? And if he, and if he came back right now uh, to throw that question there, what, 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 would I be ashamed of what I'm doing for him to come back and see me doing this or uh, instead of doing what I, I should be doing? So the one thing that we know for sure is the Lord's coming is near is closer today than it was when James wrote this. <laughs> Jim Wilson pulls this out as he even mentions that, uh, Chris, he, he quotes Second Peter, which says, you know, with the Lord, one day is a thousand years is like a thousand years and a thousand years like one day. Yeah, yeah it's, it, it does seem like, Joel, did, did James miss the boat when he said that the Lord is near? No, it's just that sense of we need to be in that constant sense of expectation. Uh that the, uh, the Lord's coming and we need to be prepared. The sentence right after that uh, says, right after quoting the second Peter passage, is that exactly when Jesus will come is not the point, but that he will come is what is important. The first century believers needed to be prepared. And so do we. That's a, that's a, I've highlighted that underline. We need to, we need to really help our group find that in our, in their personal study guides or daily subject guide, whichever they're using, and underline that and reflect on that this next week. So in all this, the call is for us to stay the course. We 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 keep in mind that Christ is coming. I need to be prepared and, and doing what I should. My plans need to be subjected to God's will. And all that, I just need to stay the course. In James 5, verse 10, James said, brothers and sisters, Take the prophets who spoke in the Lord's name as an example of suffering and patience. See, we count as blessed those who have endured. You have heard of Job's endurance and have seen the outcome that the Lord brought about. The Lord is compassionate and merciful. He's using Job as an example and, and the prophets just of that patient endurance. Stay the course. So, Dwayne, you have an interesting perspective on endurance from a running perspective and from a cycling perspective. I used to run half marathons, and but age caught up with me, so now I do bicycle, uh, road bicycling. The more you do something, the 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 greater your endurance is going to be. The more consistent you do. One of the things I've discovered, and I've had to learn this with bicycling, is when I I know I'm how how far I'm going to bike that day. This happened just a few weeks ago in a ride. Uh, it was it's the first 100K ride I've done since COVID, uh, where it's a, a group organized, big everybody together, all those kind of things. And 100K is 62 miles. But I looked down and I noticed I had five miles left to go. And so I started pushing, pressing 
to get those five miles thinking oh, I, I'm just going to press. And I, I kept noticing that my average speed was dropping because I was pushing and pressing so hard. And so what I, what I'd stop I, in my mind, I said, okay, just relax and pedal as if it's mile 10 instead of mile 55 or 57. So I just started pedaling, just using form, pedaling like, I, like, I, like I've been trained to just pedal and just do it right. And my speed went back up. And when I finished, I, I still felt pretty good. Now, you know, after about 45 minutes, my legs caught up with me and I didn't feel so good. But um, the, the lesson to me was I will finish stronger if I just keep doing the things I did at mile 10 at mile 55, mile 60. Um, and that is just do the basics and just pedal the right way. I, uh, I've shared that story with, with my wife and a couple other folks. And um, my wife pointed out, says, well, you know, there's some spiritual lessons in there. So, and I wasn't thinking about spiritual lessons. I was thinking about how better I would be at my next bike ride. But, um, and she was right. There is a spiritual lesson there. The, if we start out well and we just keep doing that, there's no need to press because that's how you finish is just doing what you did the first day with passion. It's very interesting how that, that reality is in this passage. It's a very good reminder from a biblical and from a faith-based perspective of how we do life. Uh, just, just do the, do what you know to do, do the basics, do the fundamentals, be consistent, be steady. And uh, I think James overall message is that reminder of, of being consistent and faithful uh, in, in our walk with God. Yeah. He brings up Job here, which I'd always, you know, most folks think Job is about um, suffering, suffering, those type of things. And there's suffering there. Don't get me wrong, but I don't think that's the lesson of Job. I think the lesson of Job is, will you trust me no matter what? I think that's the real message. And the test was not, will you, will you endure the suffering? The test was, will you trust me no matter what happens in your life? Um, and, and so, you know, we were talking about this earlier when I was looking at this lesson, I noticed in these outlines or each point, there's really three ifs. Um, if things don't go as you planned, if Jesus doesn't come back today, and if Job becomes your nickname, you can still go about doing what you need to do and depend on God. Um, so th those three ifs helped me think through this lesson in a, a little bit different way. That's really a good wrap up, Dwayne, uh, to, uh, for us as we consider that no matter what, that we need to maintain our trust and dependence on God. And I think maintain is that operative verb in this. Just stay that course, uh, plan, but put your plans under God's will and just maintain your trust. Well, we want to thank you guys for listening to our podcast today. Hope We hope that it's been beneficial to you as we have uh, looked together at God's Word. We've, again, completed uh, this, this study on uh, from the book of James regarding faith and walking with God, uh, living out our faith. So we're grateful for this time. Dwayne, thank, young Dwayne McCrary, thank you for sharing with us today. Well, thank you guys for letting me be with y'all.
Yeah. So, Chris, if we're wrapping up, James, what are we going to be studying next? Great question, Lynn. I think you can answer that question, can't you? Starting next week, we're going to be doing a study called How to Build Your Life on God's Word. In other words, it's, it's a really study about the value that God's Word brings in our life, the different ways we, you know, we read it, study. It really is a rich study. But because we're starting a new six-week study, this is always a great time to get people to get guests to come to your class because it feels like a new class for them. So invite them to say, Hey, we're starting this new study. We want you to be here. We provide a promotional video for you to use uh, and you can use it however you want to. Uh, it's a 60 second video. Some churches use it uh, during the worship service. They show it. Uh, you can put it on a Facebook group page. Uh, you can just distribute it in a text. You're free to use it however you want, but it's a 60 second video on how to, uh, to, to uh, just to get people's interest in the study. If you'll go to BibleStudiesForLife.com slash adult extra, You'll see right there this promotional video, BibleStudiesForLife.com slash Adult Extra. Check that out and pass it around, and I uh, hope you guys uh, be hopefully you can reach some new people for your Bible study. But for this coming study and your last study of James, we are praying and hoping that you have a great Bible study. <music>